Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. Hey there, Nerd Clan! Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, this episode of the Potterverse is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. And my my suggestion to you is that if you are not following me on social media, Mary Larson, give me a little follow on Instagram, um, on Facebook, and search that hashtag MinuteWithMary because I share tons of tips and tricks when it comes to makeup, but more importantly, right now, skincare. Um, so make sure you search that hashtag MinuteWithMary. Give me a follow, and if you need anything, you can head on over to MinuteWithMary.com. Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to the Potterverse. It's a podcast dedicated to the book and film series of Harry Potter. So grab your favorite ones and your time turners, and let's step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. and welcome. My name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I am out. I am out on rotten salmon, or rotten food. I'm just out on the death day party altogether. Oh my god, because you want to know what I decided to read? Yeah, yes, I do. On the other side of the dungeon was a long table, also covered in black velvet. They approached it eagerly, but next moment had stopped in their tracks. Horrified. The smell was quite disgusting. Large, rotten fish were laid on handsome silver platters. <laughs> Cakes, burned charcoal black, were heaped on salvers. There was a great maggoty haggis, a slab of cheese covered in furry green mold, and in pride of place, an enormous gray cake in the shape of a tombstone. Harry watched amazed as a portly ghost approached the table, crouched low, walked through with it with his mouth held wide so it passed through one of the stinking salmon. Can you taste it if you walk through it? Harry asked him. Almost. <laughs> said the ghost sadly as he drifted away. Oh, what such a sad moment. Almost. It's like Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know, and they're just like eating stuff and it just goes through them. Yes. But they seem to actually enjoy the tastes in that movie. Oh, man, it's funny. Christina Ritchie at her finest. Oh, man. So funny. So uh, this chapter is called The Death Day Party. Yes. And what's cool about chapter eight is that a lot of it does not happen in the movie. So if you have not read or reread The Chamber of Secrets frequently, a lot of this was an absolute delight to see what it's like in the lives of ghosts. Mm-hmm. But something super duper important happens at the end of this chapter, of course. So before we delve into this podcast episode, we would love to remind you to make sure that you hit the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice. We would love it if you could leave us a review, particularly in iTunes. Um, just give us a five-star review. Can, what? Can you say it in your ghost voice? Five-star review. <laughs> Please. Thanks. It'll make us really happy. Almost. Especially if you, like, write something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And as always, we love to remind you, you can head on over to maryandblake.com. If you've never checked out that website, please do. This fine fellow sitting across from me created it. It is a stunning website. And all of our other podcasts and blogs are there for your listening or reading pleasure. Soon to be season four of The Crown. I know. And November 12th, I believe that is coming out. We will be doing that for jointhenerdclan.com, which I'm very excited about. So go there. If you want to support and if you find any value in what we do, go to jointhenerdclan.com. Become one of the official members of the nerd clan enjoy that community and all the cool perks that we got over there including the crown podcast and the the hamilton podcast and the blake's book club and everything that we got going on over there it's a lot of fun we're going to be adding some more stuff to it soon i hope so all right mom are you ready to get into this podcast always let's good one yeah good one all right let's do it shall we i firmly swear that i'm up to no good Kicking things off with a little wee recap for you. Um, So Harry has been doing Quidditch in all sorts of weather all morning long, and he's dripping wet, comes inside the castle, muddy. Filch gets upset, tries to have him get in trouble, and he brings him up to his office. While he's there, um, some situations happen. Nearly Headless Nick invites him to his death day party, where we have all sorts of unmerriment. <laughs> uh, unmerriment. Good one. <laughs> um, and while they're leaving the death day party, which just so happens to be on Halloween, mm-hmm. they find a dead, or frozen, I don't know, Mrs. Norris just chilling and hanging out. Petrified. Yeah. There but, you go. But I, I don't you. know if we know that as the word in this right now. No, we don't know that as, as of this very moment. But yeah, she's but she frozen. She's frozen in time. Yes. She's like an icicle, a cat's After boy. Harry heard Rip it. Rip it, kill you. All these scary things happening. Rip, tear. Which is exactly what you want to hear when you're at a death day party. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay, Lumos is going to have to calm down. Lumos is a little aggressive with yeah. us right now. It's okay. She loves me. She wants some she attention. Me, We've yeah, discovered that Lumos yeah, just yeah. is obsessed with Mama. Yes. Uh, obsessed. Will not leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's a good cat. She is. Okay. So, um, what about this chapter stood out to you most, Marvin? What do you think? Well, I mean, obviously, when you're looking for um, major plot things, you're looking at Harry, like the last page, you know, Harry hearing the voice and then the trio finding Mrs. Norris. Um, that, of course, stands out to us. But let's remove that and let's savor savor chapter eight a little bit because chapter eight in the fandom is quite the controversial chapter. Are you in or out? I'm in. I'm out. I know you are. <laughs> Why do you think I'm out? Because you're like, what's the point of this chapter? Where are we going? All that matters is the last page. This is just like that's not fluff. true. That's not true. Well, I mean, I'm out on all the ghosts. I think I'm. I think I'm out on the ghosts. That's the thing. Uh, though it does give us a little bit of an introduction to Myrtle. Uh, but before I get into why I'm out, why are you in? Because it expands the Harry Potter universe. Mm -hmm. It expands the Potterverse, one may say. Mm -hmm. Um, We learn more about ghosts in this universe, how they operate, how um, they're able to maneuver themselves around this castle, um, what it's like for for these ghosts who inhabit it. I just find the ghost bit quite interesting. And I I love holidays at Hogwarts. And to know that this is a different way that they are celebrating Halloween is by celebrating Sir Nicholas's... um, Death Death Day. I think what also is really interesting in this chapter are the breadcrumbs that are left out for us. Can you do me a favor? 
Can you say it in my voice that you just did? No. <laughs> no. Oh, it's, 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 such a, it's such a waste. Oh, that one. <laughs> I'm like, which one? There are so many Blake Wine voices. <laughs> what are you talking about? Blake. What? You're as emo as Order of the Phoenix. Oh, that, I mean, I have been for the past number of days. I will admit, I will cop to that. <clears throat> I will absolutely cut Listen, it. man, I may be under the weather, but I'm still chipper, more chipper than you. <laughs> so, okay, we get we get things starting off with Ginny Weasley. Uh, a lot of the kids at Hogwarts have a cold, so they have this like pepper stuff, this like pepper potion that yes. Madame Pomfrey is getting them, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool because it makes your ears smoke. And um, so a lot of the kids are sick. And, you know, it looks like Ginny might be sick. Percy even, like, convinces her to take this pepper stuff. He's like, come on, little sis. You're, you're looking a little peaky. Yeah. You got to get this in. So I love that breadcrumb that, once again, Ginny's a little off. Something is wrong with Ginny, and it's an early, early clue that she ain't right. Yeah. Yeah. And we've gotten these throughout it, so I love it. Um, we also get um, Peeves being in the vanishing cabinet, which is going to come into play. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love it because that, to me, is an important breadcrumb. It's something that is just really fun. You know, as we got to see the vanishing cabinet earlier, um, and now we get to have fun with it again. We got it's to see- broken. It's broken in this chapter, yes. which is a big deal. Yes. Which is why it has to get fixed later yes. on. So there are things like that, that as you reread these books, you might, as a first-time reader- <clears throat> Blake, you might sit there and say, meh, okay, whatevs, but it's just these little things sprinkled in. We get a great introduction to seeing how a lot of these ghosts interact. Ghosts, of course, play a big part in the books. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, Moaning Myrtle. We get to hang out with with Moaning Myrtle. Yep. Uh, Brittany here on Facebook says, uh, you're as emo as the Order of the Phoenix. That is my uh, the new shirt for this, uh, for this chapter, I think. So um, I, I think, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Um, Pepper up potion. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah. Uh, so I like the early beginnings here uh, uh, that you mentioned, Mary, the vanishing cabinet and the stuff with Ginny. I think that's important stuff. Again, the author is doing this great thing where she's introducing these small things so that when you look back on it, you say, oh, wow, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or you're you're already familiar with either the vanishing cabinet or something wrong, uh, something is off. Yeah. There's early clues, and I really like that. But one of the things that happens in this chapter that I really, 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 is really, Felch? really like. Is it Felch? It's absolutely Felch. Yes. And this is why I'm not saying I'm out on the chapter. Uh-huh. I'm saying I'm out on the ghosts because yeah. I don't care about the ghosts. Okay. The ghosts don't do nothing for me except for Myrtle. And even then, she don't do that much other than just, like, you know, like she just whines because she moans. But the filch thing. No. <laughs> the, the filch thing. What happens with the filch is important because filch up until this point has been just um, a, a burdensome figure yeah, for the children. Yeah, thorn in your side. And, he, and he's and he's been like fun to laugh at a little bit, and he, he's been a little bit of a, uh, a kicking post, I, I would say, mm. uh, for the for the book yeah. and for the students, uh, especially the trio, as he is giving them detention or he's part of their detention, mm-hmm. giving them the Hagrid saying I was going to hang them from them from their feet and yada yada, and you kind of blow them off. And you don't understand why he's so mad. You don't understand why he's so angry. Until now. Until now. And it's about the quick spell. This book 
a correspondence course in beginner's magic. Filch is a squib. He was born of wizard parents with no particular wizarding it's abilities. It's like the opposite of a mudblood. Yes. Yeah. And they're both sad words. Uh, yeah. Like squib isn't something that it's like a nice word. And, I, and again, that, that's that's another one of the author's amazing like uses of phraseology. Like just squib, something that is like mm-hmm. supposed to explode but doesn't. And it's just a waste. It's a squib, you know, yeah. like it's – and. I love that because you again you get an immediate an immediate uh, correlation between uh, the person and what you know as a real squib. Mm-hmm. You it's an immediate connection. I really like that. And and the the advertising for a quick spell is genius. It's give it to me, Blake. It's like it reminds me of like. Uh, <laughs> do you remember the? Uh, uh, the Ronco turkey maker or whatever it is, the the, the turkey spinner. No. Set it and forget it. I thought you know? that was like the crock pot saying. No, 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 no. That's uh the the Ronco turkey the turkey guy. Honey, I don't know. And he had a weird face. It was like it was like Must wax. have been on cable cable TV. Me with my poor person parfait yeah. watching the three channels. <laughs> it's poor people parfait. Get it right. <laughs> no, it, um it wasn't it wasn't on cable, it was on regular TV and sure. it was on at like three in the morning. And it was like I wasn't allowed to they would always TV they would have then. a huge audience in the in the studio. Watching and they'd be a like, turkey, he'd be like, "Set it!" And the whole audience would go, "Forget it!" Yeah, they'd all clap and everything. And the, you could see it's just turning, and the fat is just coming off, and you don't have to do anything about it. Anyway, um, so those of you who are watching or listening right now, d- tell me that you know you remember the Ronco turkey cook at whatever it is. Anyway. Uh, Feel out of step in the world of the modern magic? Find yourself making excuses not to perform simple spells? Ever been taunted for your woeful wand work? There's an answer! Quick spells, an all-new, fail-safe, quick-result, easy-learn course. Hundreds of witches and wizards have benefited from the quick spell method. Madam Z Nettles of Topsom writes... I had no memory of incantations and my potions were a family uh, were a family joke. Now, after a quick spell course, I am the center of attention of parties and friends beg for the recipe of the scintillating solution. Oh, scintillation solution. Mm. Warlock DJ Prod of Didsbury says, wicka, wicka, what? My wife used to be sneer at my feeble charm. <laughs> Get it? Because his initials are DJ? <laughs> no. You just said... Warlock DJ Prod. Yeah. DJ. Like a turntable. Oh, oh, oh. oh. That's why I went, wicka, wicka, what? (laughs) The most hip musical DJ in the wizarding world. (laughs) Such a. Warlock DJ Pond. Oh, okay. <laughs> my wife used to sneer my feeble charms, but one month into your fabulous quick spell course, I succeeded in turning into a yak. Yo! Thank you, quick spell. <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> here's my here's my dad, Donkey Doug. <laughs> there is a good good place reference for you guys. It's Donkey Doug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I really love this. I, I, I Did this Neville is... Longbottom own this book? Oh, that's a good question. You know, this is the kind of book that reminds me back when I was 
13, 12 or 13. Uh-huh. I remember ordering a book through like 17 magazine or something. And it was like how to get boys to notice you. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that was the title of it. <laughs> and you had to spend like $7.98 or whatever. And they intended for you to send a check. But I didn't want to ask my parents for a check for this, like, how to get boys to notice you. So I, like, counted out change and put dollar bills and change in an envelope and mailed it. And I got this book. And I was, like, embarrassed about it because I was like, oh, my gosh, I really want to read these secrets of, like, how to get boys to notice me. And I was so embarrassed about it that I would hide the book under my bed. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a. The most important thing I took out of that book was look at boys in the eye. Thanks, book. Yeah, that is not a great, you know, but I I will cop to one thing. I will cop to one thing. What? I I read Cosmopolitan. Okay. To try to figure out girls. Because I had two sisters, so they had Cosmos. You know, it was in the bathroom. It was next to the toilet. And you figure, hey, you know, you go to the bathroom. You got nothing else to read. Thank God we don't have any more of that anymore. People just read on their phones, which is even more gross to know that your phone's like chilling out with you while you're chilling out. Your your phone's red flagged. It's like that Seinfeld episode. (laughs) That book's been red flagged. You can't bring that back out. So, Filch. Obviously, he has a chip on his shoulder. Yes. He has to work at the most magical, amazing place ever, where kids who, a fourth of them, a th- half of them, I don't know, who didn't even know that they were magical, poof, guess what? Mm-hmm. You're a wizard. And he has to hear that, like, every day. No wonder he's crabby, because it's always kind of intrigued me that he's in charge of keeping these files of kids yep. Yep. that don't behave. Like, he... He's the caretaker, meaning, you know, he has to take care of these dirty floors and squeaky stairs or whatever. But why is he also the the person who's in charge of just the misbehavior? Like, why is that also lumped into it? Or is it just something that makes him feel good? I think it's something that makes him feel good because he finally has power over some of these He literally has, like, drawers full of Fred and George Weasley reports sure what are these reports for do you take them to dumbledore and do you think dumbledore cares no probably not no probably not but it gives him some sort of power and also i think it gives him a sense of fulfillment no he is not a wizard but he still gets to participate in the wizarding community Mm -hmm. and that to me sounds like some serious mom and dad issues that he's got (laughs) <laughs> like that sounds like a lot of therapy, so much therapy. He don't need quick spell. He needs a licensed social worker. <laughs> All the co-pays Seriously. for Filch. Seriously. Um, so yeah, I, I'm in on this and it, I'm in on it for Filch because of what the author does to give him some real layering, some, some actual, um, again, if you can describe a character to me without giving me their physical appearance, the job that they do, or an action that they uh, action that they take, that's a real character. Yes. You, if you don't do those three things, and if you can still tell me about that, character, I mean, we already knew a lot of that stuff about Filch. Well, yeah, because we're 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 readers, but we didn't know that he was a squib number no. one, and we didn't know that he's trying to become magical yes. you didn't in, in all those things it's like that, willing it you're, you're you, you can infer all of those things you can now infer his insecurity uh you can infer his uh perhaps self-loathing i wonder if squibs ever just say you know what i'm gonna throw in the towel and be a muggle like i yeah. can't do magic so i might as well just go try my luck otherwise i'm gonna have to be a, what, a caretaker at hogwarts and like take care after like these scrabby little kids no way yep. i'm gonna go be a dentist <laughs> go talk to hermione's parents that's it um 
But other than that, I, I'm, I'm kind of out on all the ghosts. Are you in on the ghosts? And if so, why, Mary? I just find, as I said, I think the world building is quite interesting. Um, there's just so many delicious layers that the author grants us in chapters like this. Um, I think that the ghosts, you know, are so intertwined and, you know, they, they play an important part later in the series. And it's just, it's fun to hear this. It's fun to think about roaming the halls of Hogwarts Mm -hmm. and what kind of sights and sounds you would hear. Um, You know, I always laugh too at Harry's relationships with adults. And I, I think of Sir Nicholas as an adult, you know? Yeah. Like, even though he's a ghost, you know how he just like vented to Harry, like, oh, all these things happened to me. And I was hit 45 times in the neck and they won't let me do it. And Harry, I just think once again, is such an amazing, approachable person that whether it's Hagrid opening up to him or Sir Nicholas or whomever, like people, no matter what their age, but particularly if they're seen as an outsider, Ron, for example, they feel very comfortable opening up to Harry, whereas I think these are people who are otherwise guarded. Yep. And I th- I like that from this chapter, that Sir Nicholas, who is a ghost in Hogwarts, who is kind of like a, not a scary ghost, but, you know, he kind of is scary because he's like half, mostly decapitated. Um, <laughs> he opens up to Harry and he shows his vulnerability. And I just think that it allows us to enjoy that quality of Harry in a different way. Sure. It's something that I think the trio do in this chapter that is quite different from, I think, the rest of the characters in this chapter. Uh, They go to the ghost party willing, just like, okay, we're going to go do the right thing. You know, uh, nearly headless Nick helped out Harry. Oh my God, Hermione is like, can I please take notes? Yeah, right. I doubt anyone like living actually gets to go to a death state party. And it shows shows their um, assumption of everybody that everyone is you know equal there's enough equity for everybody to just go there and enjoy Mm -hmm. and 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 explore and see new things and and find an opportunity to just learn um and 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 be a good human even if it means to to a ghost which i think is in contrast Mm -hmm. to filch in this chapter and i think it's also in contrast obviously to draco at the end of this chapter uh draco is and in the beginning of the book too, he's calling Hermione a mudblood. Yeah, he's calling he's calling out at the end of the chapter that uh, you're all next, mudbloods. Oh. You're all next. Filch is the one who blames Harry for Mrs. Norris being petrified uh, because uh, of Harry's interaction mm-hmm. with Mrs. Norris and uh, what may have been Harry's. Um, Getting even with Filch for getting detention and then noticing Quickspell. Uh, it's just an assumption that they quickly make, that these characters quickly make about the trio uh, and everybody else that's apparently below them. Um, whereas Harry and the trio are just there celebrating ghosts. What a bummer that your death day anniversary is Halloween. It's like having your birthday on Halloween. You either like full on lean in and love it and mm-hmm. own it, or it's like, Nobody's going to come to my party. Yeah, right. Because it's Halloween and we're at Hogwarts and it's quite magical. Okay, so we have um, this this lovely voice, you know, saying, rip, tear, kill, so hungry for so long. Yeah, this is, listen, this is a word to the wise. (laughs) Pack snacks, okay? You may- All the snacks. You may be down in the the pipes for- (laughs) 
half a century. Okay, give me, give me all the gushers. I want all the fruit by the foot. Twinkies, that's shelf stable. Sure, I'll take some Swiss rolls. There you go. I'm in. Kill, time to kill. Like, very hangry. I smell <laughs> he needs blood. Some little Debbie. I smell blood. You know, that's a choice. <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> Hold on. I got to do it. Say it out loud. <laughs> <sighs> and then, yes, we get the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. And ye, the faint of heart, this is where the Harry Potter series takes a turn. For the dark. Yeah. Yes. Like, in this area of book two, there is, you know, death, kill, tear apart, blood yeah. coming for you. You know, this is where like, okay, children, we have, children have something to be fearful of. Sure. And granted, like before, it was all like chess and fun. And until we got to the very end, like it was just kind of this boogie woo, boogeyman thing. Yep. But this is where things start to get a little bit more real. And yep. it's always an interesting conversation that we have with our friends who have kids. Like, when do you delve into the chapter? Right. When in, do you like, go into the Chamber of Secrets? And um, this is where it starts. And it's not a coincidence, Mary, either, that it starts here. This is the beginning of the second act of mm -hmm. this book. Uh, this is when things finally get into motion. We've done all of the introductory stuff. We've done most of the expository stuff that we need for the rest of the book. And now it's okay. Let's get into gear. Here's the inciting incident for the rest of yep. uh, for the rest of the book. We are now beginning here. And again, as the child who is reading this, or as the reader is reading this, gets older or a little bit more mature, so does the story. So it's fitting that we have the basilisk at the beginning of the second act, saying "rip, tear, kill, let's blood, all Oof. that stuff," because the reader has grown more mature, as has the story. Um, the writing. And that final part is genuinely scary. Agreed. It's genuinely foreboding. Until Malfoy arrives. Right, right. And then it becomes a joke a little bit. You know, and like, it doesn't become a joke. It just like snaps you back, like, yeah. oh, he's still here. Yeah, he still has to freak. But that's uh, what I mean by a joke. Like yeah. he he's a joke. Like, yeah. Oh, you mud bloods a neck. It's like, okay, shut up. There's no shock. It's you know, I think that um Tom Felton, the actor who portrays Draco in the movies, made Draco a bit more human to us as readers. I think when we read book Draco, you just, I mean, you can't not hate him. Right. You know? Because he sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing, too, I'm reading the uh, the illustrated edition you of sure this book. And this, the artwork in the illustrated edition has been my favorite of the mm -hmm. entire series well, of the two books that I've read yeah. so far. And like my favorite one so far here, you know what? I'll even, uh, for those of you who are listening on the podcast app, I'm sorry, you are not going to get the benefit of seeing this. However, you can go to YouTube and see it. Um, oh, that's Mary. That's not, that's not me. <laughs> and that's me, but I got Mary's face in the way. So you know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to go back to the two shot and then we're going to do a split shot. There we go. Um, <sighs> this artwork right here is just the best. This is the the headless, you know, horsemen or whatever they are, the the, the, the headless hunters or whatever yes. they are, uh, the group that Nick wants to uh, join. Um, I love this artwork. Uh, it's just so gorgeous. And all the pages all have black backgrounds. Uh, it reminds me of Batman, the animated series, mm. because the animated series was one of the few cartoons that were that was drawn. This whole chapter is all black pages. Most, most, most of it. Most of it. 
That's cool. Uh, the Batman the Animated Series was hand-drawn, and it was hand-drawn on black paper. What? It wasn't hand-drawn on white paper. Order of the Phoenix, Dark Man. So much emo, Order of the Phoenix. Uh, so uh, I really like the artwork in this chapter. It is stunningly gorgeous. So if you do ever get a chance, do go out and purchase the uh, the uh, illustrated versions of these books. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever local bookstore, Amazon that you got. Local um, bookstore is preferable. Yes, I would agree. Uh, and and check them out because they just they give you such a cool insight into the story and to um, a vision that the the movies give you but not in such detail um it i really 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 liked it so oh another thing that we find out too is that even in the ghost world yeah there are prejudices Mm -hmm. uh there are rules uh there's a whole social structure that you don't know about yet you don't you haven't discovered and you're discovering as it goes along, but like there's a whole social structure within the, within the ghost mm-hmm. community. Uh, even like moaning Myrtle, who is so yep. insecure and, and, and obviously is getting made fun of constantly saying that she's spotty, spotty, and she's got, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, zits or whatever. And she's fat. And, and like, that's what she's saying about herself. Um, it's funny to think that even when you die, your insecurities go with you. And the social structures still go with you. And these people chose to be ghosts, which is crazy. Yeah. Ghosts can only be wizards. Really? In this fandom. Yeah. Ghosts really? can only be wizards and they have to make that choice in the moment of death if they want to be a ghost or to move on in their life. Yep. Wow. Interesting. Yep. Very interesting. Okay. You and I can't be ghosts, Blake. Uh, nope. Because uh, I'm Batman and you... Our Wonder Woman. <laughs> <Something. laughs> All right, Marvin, are you ready to uh, get into the... Oh, you have anything else to say about this chapter? No, I do not. Okay, you want to do the different perspective? Sure. Let's do it. Holy cricket, you're Harry Potter. I'm Hermione Granger. And you are... You want me to do it or you do it? I feel like you would do it well. Uh, okay, I'm going to be nearly ahead of this, Nick. Because, because all I want to do is just join the social circle. Yep. I just want to be friends. That's it, man. And you're telling me that I can't hang out with you and do do the hunts and all that other stuff because yep. I got a quarter inch of skin hanging on my head? Rules are rules. Why can't I just rip the head off? That's You know, this is how we roll. And I, all I want to do is just be your friend, bro. Mm-hmm. Why can't you just be my friend? I got some cool things going on. I'm making friends with Harry Potter. Who are you? What Harry do you got? Freaking Potter. Still have to get that drop. And, and, but am I, am I so low that I have to make friends with Harry Potter? That I have to make friends with humans? Why can't I, why, why, is it something wrong with me that I can't be cool with the other ghosts? Is it wrong with me that the only ghost I'm cool with is Peeves? And Peeves is like sucks. So, you know, he's over there doing. He's so lonely. I I just, I just want to have a friend, man. He's a Gryffindor and it's like, we do need some other people in our lives. I'm brave. I'm cool. I'm the head of Gryffindor. What are you? You you sit in the toilet all day. Get out of here. Go, Get out of here mo- slash please come to my party because I don't have <laughs> a friend. <laughs> Maybe we can go back to the toilet together, huh? Shall we? Moaning <laughs> Myrtle. I mean, she's a kid, but... They're ghosts. No, they're, it don't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Okay. S- screw, screw. I mean, who cares about all these people? 
Okay. And I just want to be cool. I want. I'm Gryffindor. I'm the head of Gryffindor. See, I don't think you can do Gryffindor well because you know you are what you are. That's absolutely true. All right. Sh- shall we share our uh, house? Do we have any questions from our friends? Uh, yes, that's actually a good one. Let's get into the questions. Uh, so. Everybody watching us live, this is now the time to pose your questions for us. Please go ahead and give us a lightning bolt emoji ahead of the question. And if you are listening to us on the podcast app, you can send some emails to us and we will answer them either in the next episode or the episode after which we received your email. So, Mary, you ready to do some listener questions? Sure I am. Let's get it done. Oh, Miles head. Okay, so we actually do have some emails first. So let's go through those. Thank you guys for emailing. And for those of you who haven't sent an email yet, remember, you can email us at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com. And we would love your questions to either be themed in the Harry Potter universe or particularly towards the chapter. Yes. All right. So the first email comes from Anita. She says, I'm listening to the Potterverse chapter five, and you were discussing why Snape gets so angry about Harry being famous. I think it's because Harry is famous for something that led to Lily's death. I think on top of his hatred for James and Harry looking like him, Snape might blame Harry for Lily dying because if she had not protected Harry, Voldemort would have let her live. Just some thoughts. Love the podcast, Anita. Mavin, thoughts? Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, he was going to kill her no matter what. I think. I think Voldemort just doesn't care. Yeah, I don't he think he cares like, either. I'm going to kill you. I think she's But I appreciate that because exactly, she sacrificed herself for Harry. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, next one comes from Laura. Laura says, hey, Mary Blake, love the podcast, but behind because I'm a second grade teacher in 2020. Hey. Oh, girlfriend. Thank you. Thank yes. you for your work. Yes, thank you. Uh, and she says she's a Hufflepuff with a list of reasons why Hufflepuff is underrated. Mary do you want to read it or shall I? You can, Blake, because okay. I think it's actually better for you to read it. Number one, the author has said that her favorite house is, in fact, Hufflepuff. Word. And then why does she treat it so poorly and just treat it like it's basically on the bottom of the ocean floor, tied and anchored down to the sea level? Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Two, Hufflepuff encompasses all the traits of the houses. If you're a combination, then the Huff house is for you. Luckily, I'm not a combination. I am just Slytherin because I'm amazing. Uh, and number three, Slytherin and Hufflepuff make the best friendships because we bond over loyalty. Mm. We puffs are friendly, but we will come for you if you mess with our people. Since we wear a puff, you won't see it coming. That's because puffs are basically insignificant. That's okay, though. It's fine. Uh, and number four, in the Battle of Hogwarts, there were two complete houses that fought, Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. Gryffindor did it for the glory, but Hufflepuff did it because it was right. Hope you have a wonderful week, and thank you for helping me make my week a little more magical. <laughs> You're welcome. You are welcome, uh, Laura. Thank you so much for writing in. Okay. Caitlin says, what part of Hogwarts would you haunt if you were a ghost? Oh, that's a good one. Oh. I think it would have to be defense against the dark arts. I would have to be in that room all the time. Can you imagine like trying to learn about these scary things and how to defeat them and to keep having a ghost in there? No thanks. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, Allie, do you think the movies have made us slightly less tolerant of books that indulge in rich character and world development? That's a great question. That is a wonderful question. Marvin, I will uh, cede the floor to you on I this mean, particular one. I mean, I love the richness. You're the one that's hating on aspects. Oh, no, no. It. I love richness, but I don't like... 
You don't like ghosts. I'm out on the ghosts, and I think that it is a little, um, it's a little self-aggrandizing hmm. for the ghosts. I think it's just it's it's something that she's writing in to give us a little bit of better sense of the world, mm-hmm. but the the world that she's creating with the ghosts and how they're doing all the stuff is kind of insignificant, uh, except for. Except for we'll see, Blake. For, except for two parts, except for two parts in the series that I can think of that are significant to what Harry is exploring. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Kyle Ann says, "Why would Myrtle choose to stay at Hogwarts?" That's a great question. Part of me thinks it's so she can pick on people who picked on her. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I right? like that. Uh, Paula says, do you think it's condescending of Dumbledore to have squib filch scrubbing floors for a living when you can literally vanish messes with magic? Yes. Is it, is it condescending or is he just giving them a job? Listen, they've got magic for that. Okay. He could do other things. I mean, maybe filch likes it. Maybe filch likes it. Yeah, sure. Uh, Veronica says, Mary, do you feel an urge to smack Blake, Hermione like, upside the head every time he says that he's amazing? Yes. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> Susan, uh, the site to be sorted, you type in BuzzFeed, Harry Potter sorted, and you should be able to find it. Yes. Uh, Blake hates on stuff that doesn't seem to have a point. True. Uh, that is, I think, fair. Um, and again, a point is can be illumination. It can be character illumination. It can give me the small little details like Filch. Does Filch reading Quickspell and the whole advertisement of Quickspell really matter to the plot of the Chamber of Secrets? Or I or, think it enhances it, the character of Filch. That's what I'm saying. It illuminates that character. In terms of the Death Day party and all the stuff, I just, I'm out on it. I don't think that illuminates anything of the ghosts other than almost. Like... I think that's cool, but everything else, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of out on. Okay. Uh, everyone's saying, "Oh, Blake, you're so wrong." Significant versus just fun. <laughs> uh, uh, and Rebecca Ann says, "Unless he thinks they have a point." Yes, you're right. Exactly. And Tammy says, "Myrtle later says she haunted Olive Hornsby for a while until Olive complained, so she went back to Hogwarts. So it wasn't her first choice, of course." Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Do you want to share your results? Yes. Let's do it. Uh, let me bring them up real quick. Hold on one second. So uh, I took this quiz two times. Okay. Okay. My first time, it said that I. This is the first time I've ever. I know. This is why oh. I had to share. I was like, something might be wrong. This is the first time I've ever taken a quiz oh. that said that I'm Hufflepuff. Said <clears throat> oh. so I was 35% Hufflepuff, 32% Gryffindor, 22% Ravenclaw, and 11% Slytherin. It starts off. With, you're undeniably a Hufflepuff, but you have some strong Gryffindor qualities. So I took the quiz again. Yep. And I was like, all right. Um, that's not right. <laughs> Let's start tailoring my answers no, it's <laughs> to not what that I, I want. Tailor- no, it's not that I want to tailor it, but okay. like, did I not read every option? Because that's something I do. Oh, you definitely do that. I'm like, A looked good. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever. A looks good again. Okay, here we go. <laughs> So when I took it again, you ready for this? Yes, let's got it. 38% Gryffindor. Bam! Just like that. A winner! 25% Ravenclaw. Oh, whoa. 19% Slytherin. Whoa! 
Only 18% Hufflepuff. Oh. Uh, I don't like this quiz. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I don't. Um, okay, it says, uh, you will to me a place in Gryffindor. The Sorting Hat seriously considered putting you in Ravenclaw. You're a naturally born leader. ba 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 You're intelligent, but you acknowledge that there are more important things in life. Uh, your slight compatibility with the Slytherin house suggests a determination to succeed, though not at the expense of traits from your more dominant houses. Oh. So... I'm like cool with some of it, but I honestly feel like I'm a lot more puff than those other two. Shame. How about you, Blake? All right, you ready for this? Blake, you are 56% Slytherin, 24% Gryffindor, 17% Ravenclaw, and with a paltry 3%. Hufflepuff. Three? Three fracking percent. You are relentless in your pursuit of success, making you a perfect fit for Slytherin, but your willingness to take risks makes you somewhat compatible with the typical traits of a Gryffindor house. What up? People who don't know you well are often intimidated by your reserved demeanor, and you have very few close friends. You are loyal to few and definitely prioritize personal success over close relationships. Your slight compatibility with Ravenclaw House hints at an appreciation for knowledge and wisdom, though they are not priorities for you. Mary, how do you think that describes me? Yep. <laughs> yes. Bam. Just like that. A winner. Oh no, you know what actually this deserves? So, all you puffs out there. You want to know one of the... Go get your shine box. One of the questions that I changed the second time around, and it got me more Gryffindor. It said, you would be most hurt if a person called you A, weak, B, ignorant, yep. C, unkind, and D, boring. Hmm. So? And at first I answered unkind. And then the more I thought about well, it... Well, so that's a puff answer. Exactly. Yeah. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know... I actually don't care if some people in my life call me unkind because I've been unkind to a couple of people in my life that I meant to be unkind to. Yes. But you know what really rubbed me the wrong way? What? When someone said I was as bland as white toast. (laughs) When I was on television and I got this comment. Now, mind you, being on TV, you get like a bajillion emails about random stuff. Um, people love to pick on female newscasters. Yes, absolutely. What they're wearing, what they said. I mean, the amount of emails that I would get over a dress was just mind-boggling. But one guy used to pick on me on a daily basis. Taylor. That was his name. Was Taylor. Not great, Bob. Taylor. And oh, he had the guitar. T- Taylor. Let's not remember his last name oh, for yeah. our own sake. That's true. But, um, yeah, he would just like write like, Mary looks terrible in gray. Mary did this. And then he, the one that hurt me the most was Mary's as bland as white toast. Yeah. Yep. And it rubbed me the wrong <gasps> way. So when I, I saw this, I was like, now. I was like, I am most bat- mad if someone says I'm boring. There are a couple people that I have not been kind to because they have not been kind to me. And if they were to whine and be like, but Mary wasn't kind, I'd be like, you deserved it. I wonder if he liked your boots. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, you should just have a t-shirt with boots on it. 
<laughs> no heart. No, no thanks. Uh, Ellen here says it's fine. We don't want you in Hufflepuff anyway, Blake. I'll be in the kitchen listening to Kelly and eating cake. Doesn't kill your Everyone's saying, "Wow, three percent! Whoa, fifty-six percent Slytherin!" Yes. Uh, Rebecca asks, "Mary, did you change your answers for the test?" Mm. I just changed like two. That was one of the ones that I changed because, as I said. When I got that answer, I was like, uh, did I answer this all right or did I take it really quickly? So I had, I'll be honest, I took the quiz the first time really quickly. Mm-hmm. And the second time I sat and I was like, what would really bother me? Sure. And having someone say that it was boring at my job would bother me. Yep. Oh my, like sometimes we've gotten iTunes reviews. There's one where someone told Blake to divorce me oh, because I sound right. like a yapping dog. <laughs> And it shouldn't bother me. Like, this is just a Joe Schmoll on the internet, but it actually really bothered me. Yeah, that that was that was a rough one. I'll, I'll never forget the... the, the Blake dog. should divorce Mary because she sounds like a yapping dog. Th- those were legitimately, word for word, yeah, the comments. People are mean. Some people are wicked mean, bro. Okay, wicked so mean. let's wrap up the show on that happy matter. I mean, all we need is some black eyeliner in order to the Phoenix, and we're good to go. Uh, uh, let's see. Melissa says, part of me is happy that you aren't secretly puff boy. Bye. But part of me evilly wanted you to be there for all the crap talking. No, he's, he's not. He is not. I'm not Hufflepuff. He does love some puffs. Many of our friends are puffs. Yes. I, I do appreciate. If not most of our friends. I do appreciate some of the puffs. Yeah. I appreciate them. Not some. Every puff you know you love. We're we're at an arm's length. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. Like you can come into my house and have a drink. But we ain't we ain't playing Game of Thrones risk. I'm out of tea. <laughs> All right, let's go. Oh, let's uh, let's close this bad boy out, yes, shall please. we? Let's do it. again for taking the time to listen to the Potterverse. If this brought joy to your life, if it brought some lumos in the time of Knox, please head on over to your podcast app and leave us a written review with five stars. It means so very much to us. And if you find anything that we do here of value, go to jointhenerdclan.com, uh, an amazing community of fellow nerds who are there talking about Harry Potter, Hamilton, uh, Outlander, uh, uh, <laughs> You know, The Crown, Midnight Sun. We got a whole ton of things going on over there. And everybody is just so warm and welcoming. uh, Just as much as I'd be welcoming to uh, fellow Slytherins, I would say. Not so much the Puffs. Goodness gracious. (laughs) I have to live with this gentleman. Hey, one more patron away from Mary's release of the songs that were Harry Potter uh, remixes. And only 11 more for me to get in there. Hufflepuff t-shirt. So come on, and Puffs. Huggy Huggy Hogwarts. Or and whatever, whatever, whatever you, you guys choose. Whatever you guys Everything. choose, I'll do. All of it. <laughs> you should have him read like the history of Helda Hufflepuff oh, by Pottermore. Oh my god. I'd rather eat my hat. Nope. And do it in a cheerful puff way. For that matter, my name's Mary. My name is <laughs> Mischief Managed. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. 
It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.